Thank you for listening, and we hope you participate with us. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Google Play, and visit our website, sloppyyellow.com, where you'll find information on being a Patreon and helping our charity, weareyoumatter.com. You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, Billy Bradley, here we are, son. Uh, Turkey Day is come and gone. We are now into the first week of December, and it was weird, like three weeks ago in Texas, I think it was 28 degrees, and today it's 72, and everybody's going to have the flu probably here in the next couple days, Billy, just in time for just in time for, for Christmas, like it does every year um, around the country. But a lot of big news going on. We are recording this the night before the NASCAR Awards down in uh, Nashville. Uh, real quick, Billy Bradley, did you see where Dale Jr. said if they, start, if they come back and race at Nashville, that Dale Jr. would would uh, would race there? And then Jimmy Johnson tweeted him and said, hey, I will too, right. build me a hot rod. Did you see that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I saw Jimmy Johnson quote tweet and said, build me a hot rod. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that may be what it takes to get that going. Uh, let me tell you, that was yeah. not by accident by Bill Jr. Yeah, uh, yeah no, exactly. It was not by accident. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect, perfectly timed, well-thought-out uh, tweet so that to get those people. I mean, what better way to, to bring in a, the that usher in that new track with uh, Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson um, driving an Xfinity car. But, hey, first thing I want to talk about, guys, um, we've got something that I didn't catch until right before Thanksgiving, Billy, but NASCAR docked premium uh, numbers 15 and 27 teams, the Spire number 77 team, and Rick Ware Racing number 52 they docked them all 50 owner points and indefinitely suspended premium Spire competition chief, competition chief Scott Eagleston, plus a game of $50,000 fine, and Rick Ware Racing's competition chief, Kent Evans, plus a $25,000 fine for manipulating the race, um, the finish at Homestead. I, I didn't know anything about this until I literally saw Bob Parker's tweet about it. Um, but basically, right after the race, NASCAR was asked to review the 15, 77, and 22, because they all parked before the end. And what that did, Billy, is that held the 2017 finish one spot higher than the 96 in owner points. And that's a big deal because the top open team in owner points gets half of the unclaimed purse when there are short fields. Billy, I had no idea that that was even a thing. Did you have any idea that, that the open team gets – the top open team gets half the unclean purse when they're short fields. Did you, did you know that? I had no idea that was even a thing, but which explains why that was. I see, I, I, I'm a little concerned on like how, what brought this on for them to even pull the data to check that. But now that you tell me this, that explains it all. All right, Rob Lopes, um, I'm glad you're yeah. here, son. Did you know that the top open team and owner points gets half the unclaimed purse when there are short fields. Is that something that you knew? I knew nothing about that. Okay. This is why it's a big deal. Um, the unclaimed purse, according to Bob Pockers, who probably stayed up all night and, and did the math, but Bob Pockers says the unclaimed purse is probably a million to a million and a half dollars. 
So the difference between wow. the top team and the next open team is probably somewhere between 200000 and $400,000, Billy Bradley. Uh, that's a big damn wow. I mean, let's put it this way. If that was embezzlement, that is a federal-level crime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a, uh, Billy, we're talking about a difference of two hundred, maybe $400,000. That's why somebody made it, uh, made it known. My guess is it was probably the 96th Billy, but I had no idea that that was even a thing. But now I know why nobody, uh, Spire, Premium, Rick Ware Racing, why nobody um, uh, filed an appeal. That, Billy, I had no idea, but that's a big sum of money. Yeah, I mean, and so you look at $200,000 and they got fined 50000 so they still can't come out $150,000 to the good. Well, no, because they docked them 50 owner points, so none of them are even in the money. Oh, yeah, there, there was correct. definitely there was definitely uh, some plan with them docking points on that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you're yeah. gonna, if you're going to manipulate it, we're going to we're going to make it so none of you cats get that cash and give it to somebody else. Yeah, and 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 I got to I got to be honest with you, I, I and what they did, um, Scott Miller, the you know for, with NASCAR. Um, and by the way, there was an appeal made immediately following the race. So I, I, I'm trying to get to the bottom of that thing. Um, I'm trying to get to the bottom of that thing. And by the way, I'm going to have Bob Pockers on uh, next week, so we'll we'll ask him this and follow up on it. But uh, immediately after the race, NASCAR started reviewing it, and it started asking questions and that sort of thing. But they determined that the numbers 15, 27, 52, and 70, 17 violated the sections 12.8.G and 12.8.1 of the NASCAR rulebook, which addresses manipulating the outcome of a race as a result. Those teams in violation of the rulebook have been penalized. Now, the interesting, um, the interesting thing now is that the 96 team, um, the 96 team now, gets the top team share instead of the second team share. And, and the way it works, so the first open team gets 50% of that money that's unclaimed. The next two teams split the following 50%. So it's one team gets 50%, the next two teams get 25% is what it turns out. But let me tell you what the 96 team just did, which I assume they were probably – I assume they were probably uh, the ones that, that made this up, but 96 team went from out of the money or, or getting 25% of the money maybe to 50% of the money, and they just got an extra two hundred to $400,000, and that's why – Billy, now you have your answer as to why there was, that was even a thing and why it was even addressed, because they're talking about losing up to $400,000. Wasn't there some uh, indefinite suspensions as well? I remember yes. Bob Parker's or so, I thought there was. Yeah, the indefinite suspensions were for um, the Spire Motorsports, um, the, the Spire Motorsports, uh, or I guess it's Premium oh. Spire. Their competition chief and the Rick Ware Racing competition chief, they both got uh, indefinitely suspended, and they and. Scott Eagleson got a fifty thousand dollar fine. And Kenneth Evans got a twenty five thousand dollar fine. But that hey, that, that's a, those are big fines for those teams down there. And I understand why you know they kind of went after. But here's what I don't understand: if you're going to do this, okay, Rob Lopes, you're the professional here. 
uh, if you're going to do something like this, can't you walk down to somebody's damn pit box and 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 uh, and, and and say, hey, don't put this shit over the radio, but this is what we're going to do. We'll give you fifty grand if you help us get in here and get the top fifty. Okay, I, I get all that. I understand that. But they you literally used okay. radio communication to help bust them. Go ahead. So they said it over the radio. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, they used radio. They, they well, they 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 looked at the race, and then they used some radio communications to to cement the fact that they did, in fact, <laughs> manipulate the race. Well, I mean, just so I mean, let's so and for those that are the uneducated out there or the ones that missed it, when MWR got in trouble years ago, which changed a lot of radio rules as far as what's allowed, what's not allowed. And they manipulated the race in Richmond, and, you know, Clint got, you know, or uh, what's it called, uh, the, the 56, uh, Truex got booted out of the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, there was all kinds of stuff going on there, and it, they changed a lot of rules as far as what radios are allowed to use, who's allowed to use them, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I would have thought that perhaps people might have learned from that. And now yeah. that the radio rules are a little more, a little tighter, that there's yeah. not as many private channels that are unscannable by NASCAR. Yeah. Um, all I'm going to say is, really? That's what we're doing? We're talking about it over the radio? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like um, go ahead. I mean, how about you know, a text message? Yeah. yeah that's not, as dumb how about, as... How about a text message? Or, or even, you know, let's, let's go uh, old school. Hey, man, let me walk down here and talk to these dudes. Hey, brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Go ahead, Billy Bradley. What you got? They knew this going into Homestead. They had nothing to gain. They they didn't. They knew they couldn't win if they won the race. It was going to be a long shot with all the top four or top three in that instance running for the championship. One of those are probably going to win. Why not? set the motor to blow up in three cars and they go out in two laps. Billy, that's a great question. That's a great point, but let me tell you what happened, okay? The the number 27 team, which was the one that was going to get that spot, had troubles early in that race. So their teammate, the 15, um, and, and, and the 77, which is operated by Premium, and the 52, they both worked very closely with them. They all parked. So 2017 wouldn't lose any more points. So I, it wasn't one of them things that, I mean, if the 2017 doesn't have trouble, they probably finish the race where they normally do ish and they're, and then they're in that spot. But it happened during the race. But like Rob Lowe said, how this is as dumb as Bubba Wallace saying, yeah, I, I, I spun on purpose. What's the big deal? Well, here's a big deal. There's 50 points taken away from you and $50,000. I mean, they literally just saw Bubba Wallace get get caught doing the same thing, and they did it. it I think they should be fined another 50000 for being dumber and shit, but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, good God, boys. If you can't do – if you can't figure out how to walk your, your fat ass down there and do that, you're in, you're in deep, deep shape. But, you know, the fact of the matter is – um, Spire's statement was uh, – I, I want to read Spire's statement because it was very, very interesting to me. He said, Follow this, following the season finale at Homestead Miami Speedway, NASCAR assessed a penalty against Spire Motorsports for the actions of an individual who made a judgment call on behalf of our team. 
While the ultimate outcome, outcome of that decision can be interpreted from different perspectives, we regret any appearance of operating outside the spirit of the rule book. We accept the penalty and will not ex- appeal. We are proud of all we accomplished with this team in our first season and looking forward to getting back to business at, of racing in Daytona in February. But here's the thing, Billy. You know what, uh, you know what did not happen? They did not fire an individual, period. Nobody got fired from Spire Motorsports. So although they're saying hey, this is the, the actions of one guy, and and yeah, and, <laughs> but that guy still works there, Billy. One guy got thrown under the, under the bus for a sounds yeah. like a whole team decision. That's exactly what happened. My guess is the competition chief is the one that um, that took the penalty. I'm sure Spire is still. Um, paying him, even though he's suspended indefinitely, he'll probably have to go through. I mean, I don't know what program. I mean, Rob, I know, we know we got the road to recovery for you know domestic abuse or you know that sort of thing. But I mean, have you ever seen anybody get indefinitely suspended for? I mean, how do, how does somebody who gets indefinitely suspended like that make their way back in? Do they got to suck up to NASCARs? Or I mean, do you not have any idea how that might work? Um, I I don't have any idea how it works. I think a big part of it will be getting that fine paid and, yeah. you know, maybe go genuflect in front of the NASCAR board or whatever you got to do. and Kiss a couple paper you know, rings. I'm sure I'm, yeah, well, I'm sure there's a way to go about it, you know, in these circumstances. Again, I don't know yeah. all the details of it. Yeah. But I'm paying the fine to be a big thing. You know, get the fine paid, say, hey, look, you know, this is – we're sorry about this. We want to be reinstated. What do we got to do? And I'm sure that there's some guidelines there or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that'll ever – that's not a public knowledge type of thing. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's behind closed doors type thing. Billy Bradley, we yeah. thought it was going to happen, and it, it did happen. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., um, and his crew chief, his crew chief uh, Brian Patty, joins JTG Doherty. And uh, to, to continue crew chiefing Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s um, car, um, actually he's going to drive. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to drive the number 47 next year. Ryan Priest moves over to the number 37 um, with with Trent Owens over there, um, and that means that you've got a new crew house uh, crew chief um, Rob Lopes over there in your house, um, and correct. with the uh, with the 17. So who, who's coming? I didn't even who's coming over there with. Um, uh, with with Billy's boy Busher, um, Luke Lambert, that's right, coming from RCR to crew chief the seventeen, mm-hmm. and Chris Busher. Um, I don't know, I don't know what their lineup is up there. I don't know that you know if if it, if that was something that the con- maybe a contract was up. I don't know the details either. Yeah. They told they. I'm trying to remember when they told us that that was taking place. I want to say Texas maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and they because, and I will say this: Roush is very good, uh, very good about letting their employees know what's going on before it gets put out there. Yeah. Like we find out changes before, you know, we read it on social media or it gets released to the press. Which I think, you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. So we knew about it. We knew who was coming, and it, you know, and we're just told, hey, we're telling you, keep your mouth shut, and yeah, all there's to it, and that's what everybody does, you know. Well, this is something yeah. that happens every year at at a number of shops, you know, around the thing, Definitely. and the people in the know 
certainly, you know, it's, it's appropriate for you guys there at the shop. No, it's also appropriate for nobody to make that public. Um, and it, it seems like it was done the right way. Um, Stuart Freeze, Billy, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of the trucks. I mean, I like to watch the trucks, but I'm not going to spend time, you know, trying to get to know these drivers. And I mean, I, I got too much shit going on. I, I focus, you know, 90% of my, of my time that I have, I don't uh, dedicate to racing. I, I, I dedicate to cup and probably 7% I'll dedicate to Xfinity. And the rest of it, I was going to go to the truck series. I don't go much farther than that. And, and admittedly, I'm not a, I don't know much about it, but I do watch races uh, and that sort of thing. But Stuart, I've become a fan of Stuart Friesen. He kind of, he doesn't take a lot of shit. He's kind of a bigger guy. You know, he's one of the taller guys in the garage who stands out. But um, he, he announced that his team is going to get trucks from, from KBM in, in 2020. And I mean, hell man, he, he won some races in the truck series, and now he's getting trucks from Kyle Busch Motorsports. I, I believe that that just that just made Stuart Friesen's year um, uh, pretty good I, for next year. I mean, he's got a better outlook than he did when he started 2019. Um, I'll put it that way. Have you followed him very much, uh, Billy? No, just a little bit here and there, but I know Kyle Busch was definitely giving his drivers – all throughout the year, a a hard time to go about them not yeah. winning races and their equipment. But, yeah. you know, they, he had some pretty damn good drivers in there. So my thing is, let's see how he does in it. But as yeah. a whole, is KBM cutting back and not really seeing all the speed they're used to seeing? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward. Another thing we need to, to bring up is Corey LaJoy. Um, I really like Corey LaJoy, Billy. I mean, I, he's, he seems like, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. Um, seems like a funny guy. He's got a lot of, um, philanthropy that he does, you know, throughout the year, but Corey LaJoy is going to be back in the number 32 next year, which I think was go fast racing, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, I, he, I mean, he started the Daytona 500 with his big, with his face on the car. You remember face that? On the hood. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I really really like that, um, and I think he had dude wipes from all the mistaken on his car or or some shit. But I, you know, it's a good story. I'm glad he got in there. Boys, have you heard who the pre-race concert is for the Daytona 500 by chance? I have not. Uh, I did hear something. Well, Van Halen. Yeah. No, it's not Van Halen. Darius Rucker. <laughs> it is Darius Rucker, Billy Bradley. I'm kind of impressed yeah, to be I'm honest sure. with you. Yeah, I thought that's what I read. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you say Van Halen, Rob Loves, because at Texas Motor Speedway a couple of years ago, they had Sammy Hagar and then the bassist of of, of Van Halen. I can't remember his damn name. He's um, that guy. I can't remember yeah, his name, guy, the bassist of Van Halen. Van Halen. But yeah, that dude. He drank Jack Daniels like it was ice water, for Pete's sake. But they actually were badass. Those two guys kicked ass. They played a lot of Van Halen songs, which I was surprised about. Um, but uh, but Darius Rucker is—he's almost timeless. And he's—I mean—he's been doing. A quick story: When I was 22 years old, living in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, with my newlywed wife Heather. We were we'd go to this old bar called the or we go to this bar called the old post office and it literally was an old post office that they turned into a bar and 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 um, 
what's the name of his band? What was the name of his? Darius um, Rucker's band. Yeah, Hootie and the Blowfish used to open up for this little little band out of Charleston, South Carolina, called Uncle Mingo. And I would tell Heather, I'm like, Heather, Uncle Mingo's going places. You wait and see. Uncle Mingo is going to be topping the charts. You just wait and see. She goes. <laughs> They they suck. They literally are terrible. That band that opens up for them, Hooting the Blowfish, now they will be household names. I said, you're so full of shit. And we used to argue about it all the time. And anytime, But they, all, they were all from, you know, Columbia, Charleston area. They all toured together. I was driving down the road three years later, and I'm singing Hold My Hand on the radio. I'm like, how the hell do I know this song? And when they said Hooting the Blowfish, wow. my wife, to this day, my wife still doesn't let me down, let it, let me live it down that I told them Hooting the Blowfish sucks. <laughs> Um, because they, they certainly do can not. I, can but, I interrupt right here? I, I want to go just for a ride. Like, the next time you come to Charlotte, like, can we just take a cruise down 85 and you can play that song? Because I want to hear you singing with the windows down and stuff and yeah. the sun shining. You know, yeah, like, well, I'll tell you what. That. Like, maybe like no, we'll, 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 live it or put it on Twitter or something. I mean, that, that, <laughs> I, mean I, I think that's quality entertainment. There's only about a handful of songs I can sing. I can assure you, no hooting a blowfish song is one of them. So it'll definitely be entertainment. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be entertainment. Rob, I got a big question for you, bud. Something I don't know a whole a lot, a lot about. We're gonna figure this out here in the next coming weeks. But I thought the Delaria Group was going to be building the new cars. It has come out this week that it uh, appears to be that uh, Joe Gibbs Racing is going to build the new cars for 2021. And I, I don't, I, I personally, I don't, I don't give a damn because if you're building all the cars, you can't, I mean, you're going to, there's going to have to be some, something in place where, you know, nobody knows where, who's getting what car, that sort of thing. And, and, and that's the way it should be. But like RCR, I think they build all the roof flaps, if I'm not mistaken. But is there any concern whatsoever to um, the people in the garage that Joe Gibbs Racing might be – because apparently not everybody bid on them, Billy, which is what I, I thought about. But if Joe Gibbs Racing builds all the cars for 2021 and beyond, um, is, is that – I mean, I know it's a new thing, Rob Lowe's, but, I, I mean, how does, how does one like you feel about that? Okay. Uh, it's funny you mention that because this was a Thanksgiving conversation in our house uh, with the family over and everything because everything for the 2021 cars out the bid because it's all what they're trying to do is, you know, single source or maybe two source suppliers for everything. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the race teams and race organizations have, I shouldn't say race teams, I should say race organizations, the bigger organizations have bid on these contracts for certain components. We'll build this. We'll build that. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, in a way, it makes sense to have an independent company build it, but they're not tooled for it. They don't have the experience. They're not ready. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, uh, well, we need this. We need that. Well, since it's a spec chassis, mm -hmm. all the chassis are going to be the same. Yeah. Joe Gibbs, obviously, is tooled and ready to go. Now, granted, mm -hmm. they're going to have to ramp up production and increase you know, there, there's going to be a big increase in who's, yeah. you know, people over there and materials, et cetera, because then now they're building chassis for the field. As far as a concern, I don't think that it's going to be a big deal as far as the quality, because obviously their cars are built very well. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be an idea. Well, oh well, this car is going to, uh, 
Roush or this car's going to Penske, so we're only going to, we, you know, who gives a shit what the welds look like or yeah. who cares? No, because yeah. there's still pride among everybody. It still yeah. is going to be inspected. It's still going to be looked over. You know, the, the quality's going to be there, and it's all going to be the same because it's a spec chassis, and everybody's going to know what the spec is. Everybody's going to have the drawings. Everybody's going to know what they need to look like. And if something shows up and there's a bar in the wrong spot because somebody's trying to pull a fast one, I mean, come on. Yeah. That's that's just that's that's just asinine for a company to do that after winning a bid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, I I I think I think you could say, Oh, well, you know, well they Gibbs has an advantage. How? It's yeah. a brand new chassis, it's a spec chassis, everybody's getting the same stuff. There's no advantage there. There really well, is. They're bold and ready to go. Yeah. What you said that made the most sense to me, Billy Bradley, is the guys over there in that shop, they obviously know how to build race cars, number one. Number two, could you imagine going to work every day and 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 then putting out a shitty product so that everybody in the garage looks at you and go, man, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You suck. There ain't nobody that builds race cars that wants to produce anything but the best, fastest, sleekest-looking machines. I, I mean, I would want to do that. Rob Wolfs already does that. Billy Bradley, you do it every day, what you do. I don't really have a problem with it, Billy, because of that point right there. It's obviously going to be inspected, Billy, but I've heard a lot of – there's a lot of things on Twitter where, you know, people are like, oh, my God. I mean, it's mostly the Toyota haters and that sort of thing, but do you have any problems with it, Billy? Are you okay with it? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, just like for the main reasons you said, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing is known for building good cars, and they're not going to ruin their reputation by throwing a shitty car out there to – uh, Richard Childress Racing, just because yeah. it's Richard Childress Racing, they're going to give them the top of the line because they 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 eventually they'd want to keep that bid and be proud of their name. Yeah, I, I exactly agree. right. And and the word that keeps the word that keeps coming up is pride because yeah. that's a huge thing. That I think people people outside of the industry don't really get a grasp on how much pride that everybody that builds these cars, that works on these cars, has in their work. Because nobody wants to look over another guy. Nobody wants somebody looking over their shoulder and go, really, that's the best you can do? That's all you got? Yeah. Nobody, because that's why, that's why we, the people that are within the sport, the people that work in here every day, the people that have made careers and de- dedicated their lives and their livelihood to this, it's about pride. Yeah. And just like, just like you – Dan, when you go to work every day, you're not going to turn out a crappy product because that that reflects on your name. Billy, the same thing. It reflects on your name. It's about pride. If you're not going to take pride in your own work, you think somebody else is going to? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the bottom line of it. I, I agree. I'm not I'm not worried about it whatsoever. It's definitely something that needs to be talked about. I mean, NASCAR needs to get ahead of this, um, quite frankly, and and dispel those rumors. But you know, there's still people that are pissed yeah, at Toyota. Get ahead sport. of what? Get get ahead. Get, you're getting ahead. You're getting ahead of people that don't know what they're talking about. That's just, exactly. just yeah, spouting off stuff, creating issues. You're not getting ahead of anything. Unfortunately, I read something. I'm, I'm just giving you. An, I'm going to give you an example. I read something on Twitter the other day, and this is how dangerous social media can be. This dude was criticizing uh, 
uh, Tad, I can't think of, I can't pronounce his last name, JTG, for yeah. swapping drivers, swapping numbers. Well, why is this? Why is that? That doesn't make any sense from a marketing standpoint. This is a bad move, blah, 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 blah. Sponsorship standpoint, this is a bad move, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, do you even grasp how this stuff works? <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen the sponsor? <laughs> JTG probably has the most solid sponsor lineup in yeah. the garage. Yeah. yeah. They are not hurting for money. They are putting out good stuff, and they move that driver for two for a big reason is that puts him in the seat to line up for tire tests because of points and et cetera. So he gets more seat time. Yeah. You know, I mean, sense. there's so much going on. Like, like you got people that are on the outside looking in that say, well, this is stupid. Dude, do you even grasp the concept of how big the picture is sometimes? The picture's huge. Even I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's things that are going on, and there's things that takes me time. Like, I have to stand back and look and maybe even have somebody whisper in my ear go, look at it this way and go, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Because sometimes the picture's so big. you can't. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. Right. You're exactly right. Yep, I get it. Well, that makes complete sense to me. I I, I think it's you know there's a I, there's a lot of um, there is mm, I don't know I don't know how to say this, but I'm just gonna fucking say it. There's a lot of ignorant bastards that still that follow NASCAR that still hate that Toyota's in the picture. And the, if Mitsubishi or something like that was to come in, Billy Bradley, you know those people would start running you know, running off a cliff and that sort of thing. But the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, there's nobody better that I would rather get. I mean, let's look at what happened to the engines in the truck series. Um, uh, an absolute fiasco. A fiasco that, you know, these guys lost engines and, and potentially championship. And who knows how many tens of thousands of dollars, which means a loss of those teams because they, they had a, a problem. I, if you're going to pick somebody to build these cars – uh, Joe Gibbs Racing is a pretty damn good choice, and it makes sense to me. Exactly, I, I, it's not an issue. It's not an issue for me, you know, whatsoever. We got some new crew chief changes over there at SHR, Billy Bradley. Um, actually, I, we don't have a, a crew chief change, in my opinion. I think we got more of a driver um, swap, but um, basically, um, Clint Boyer gets um, Almarola's crew chief, and Almarola gets. Um, uh, uh, Clint Boyer's crew chief, a guy named Mike Shiplett, um, moves with uh, Cole Custer to 41. I don't know who Mike Shiplett is. Rob, do you know who he's crew chief for or worked for in the past? Yes. He he was a, a longtime car chief at Evernham's. He's been in the sport okay. a long time. Okay. He's got a very good reputation, works his tail off. Um, I'm guessing he. I mean, is he moving up with Cole or? Yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't know the story. I was at work. I was at work all day, and I all anything I you know I heard some guys talking about it around the coffee pot about a, about a damn team change over there. And just again for the people that think, oh my God, you know it's a driver change, you know it's a team change. Basically, what happens when this goes on is you you already said it, Dan. It's a driver change. It's not a team change. It's a driver change. Basically, what happens is, is all the 14 cars get painted like the 10, all the 10 cars get painted like the 14, and they swap seats. <laughs> yeah. That's basically uh, that's what good. happens. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When that goes down, whatever cars were the 14s last year are now the 10, you know, are now going to have the 10 decal on it because that's mm-hmm. the way this stuff works. Yeah. You know, yeah, that makes they, sense. they talk about a team change. The number stays the same, but the cars change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they call it a team change, not a driver swap. That makes sense. Um, makes, no, it makes perfect they sense to me. Swap one person versus 20. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's essentially not, what happened. It's not, it's not a whole herd of guys pushing toolboxes across the shop you know, <laughs> from each other. Okay, we're working on these cars now. Okay, we're working on these. No, you're working on the same cars. They're just painted different. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's basically the deal. Boys, we got Benny Hamlin um, talked today that he his labrum surgery is 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 went fine. He's on he's on par to to, to come back at the you know recovery is going to be fine. He's not nothing to worry about there. But a big stat. What is that? that I, Labrum is his shoulder. Um, it's a, it was in his shoulder. It's a, what shoulder that's like quarterbacks. No, it's what uh, it's, it's a, labrum is is how you throw a football. It's how you raise your arm up over your your. If you take your elbow at the side and you put it perpendicular yeah. to your or to your shoulder, that's what a labrum does. Yeah. And um, I, I would imagine. You realize I'm it, standing here doing this right now, right? So I get so I get. Well. The reason I know that is because my son was a quarterback and he tore his non-throwing shoulder labrum, uh, believe it or not, and had to have shoulder surgery. But I would imagine if you're driving, it's Billy, it's a muscle. Your, no, it's a labrum is a is a is a is a, a connective. It's it's a it's a shit a, like a tendon. Uh, that's what a labrum is. Okay, it's man, it I'm connects to. Yes, this man. I'm I'm way lost right now. I don't have yeah. <laughs> it's what helps you raise your 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 elbow up, and when you're driving, and you got your hands on a steering wheel or whatever, I would imagine you put a lot of pressure on your labrum, holding it there for hours on end. Um, so it's 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 not like it's. Again, you know what? I'm doing that right now, just trying to get the picture. <laughs> so that's what I he's doing. I, you know, I wish I had a, I wish, I wish I had a, uh, like a GoPro right now, so y'all could see this because this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> you and millions Sorry, of ahead. others. No, and millions of others. This is the same thing. Um, but Denny Hamlin's good to go. He'll be back from uh, on his labrum surgery. But something I heard today that is what every team is looking at. And, and by the way, next week I'm gonna, I'm gonna chat with. Um, I'm going to chat with uh, David Smith of The Athletic, uh, who's my, my favorite stat guy in, in NASCAR. There's none better. But, Rob, he said, Kirk Bush said today that his team lost 120 spots on pit road in 2019, and they have to improve. Now, that's for 36 races. That sounds like a lot. Lost- that's that's four race. If you if you if you if you average it out by thirty six races, it's almost four spots a, a race. And you think about how many times he finished in the top five. That's got to make you sick, yeah. right? And and I'm sure your team and everybody else's team is analyzed. Oh, they've already been analyzing data, but you know now it's you got um, teams are making changes and and knowing on what they have to improve. Now they got a few a few months to catch your breath because once the season starts. I mean, you got cars in production, and it's hard to stop the wheel and get moving a different direction, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean everybody's – right now, uh, just to give you a little background on probably what's happening in most shops, I mean, everybody's hitting it pretty good. You know, we're not full bore, but I'd say mm-hmm. we're about 80%. At least your road guys, your road guys are probably, you know, 
they're working on some projects, they're doing some things, they're getting their time off, et cetera. Your shop guys are pounding away, building new chassis, you know, getting, you're getting geared up, you're getting ramped up. You know, your speedway cars are obviously the first ones that are going to roll out of the building, but you got to have your downforce stuff ready, you got to have your short track stuff ready. So there's all kinds of cars being built right now, ready to go. There's stuff, you know, getting ready to go to the tunnel. Now, there's that tunnel rule that you can yeah. only get 150 hours. So now that puts a premium on what you're trying to accomplish when you're there. Like, you really yeah. got to have your ducks in a row. You got to stay with your list, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I mean, there, I, I, I've had to go to the chassis shop to do some work this week. I've had to go to the uh, fab shop to do some work this week, and there's none of the plates that are empty. Yeah. Like, everybody's yeah. hitting it pretty hard. So, And I'm sure it's like that everywhere. Yeah, I don't like doubt Nobody's that sitting back going, ah, you know, what's the big deal? little quick news yeah. before I mean, we end this podcast. We're going to make this a short one because we're going to come out. We're going to have podcasts here for the next couple of weeks, guys. Um it's just a little quick one to go through um, to go through some of the the news coming up. But in the trucks, Ross Chastain wins most popular driver award, which I think is is it's pretty cool since he didn't even he didn't even decide he was going to run for points there until almost mid year. Justin Allgaier, I love Justin Allgaier. Um, he wins most popular driver for the Xfinity. Very happy for him as well. Rob Lopes, this has been, um, you know, it's the off season. That still means you guys are – basically the only difference is you guys aren't on the road. <laughs> I mean, you guys right. – you The only that. difference is right now is we're not – yeah. We're, I mean, and we get to take our – like I said, we're taking our time off right now. Like, yeah. Basically, your road guys, your, your full-time travelers don't get to take a lot of vacation days in season. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, you're – you're getting a couple extra days here, a couple extra days there, um, and you, you, it's project time as far as that goes. You know, your any changes you're making to any of your equipment, you're getting your equipment updated, fixed, repaired, whatever. And you know, cars will start coming to us after the first of the year, and we'll start playing with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, it, you know, it's funny that you bring that up. Is people always just ask me, well, what do you do during the off season? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I go to work for 40 hours a week. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, we thought you just took the whole winter off. I'm like, man, wouldn't that be nice? But I'm sorry, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, Rob, I appreciate you being on here. Folks, it, we are recording this. It's almost 7 o'clock. Billy had to work second shift this week, so he had a lunch hour. He ducked off the phone there just a little bit ago, so he would go back uh go back to work after dinner. Rob, I appreciate you hopping on here, buddy. We're going to talk to you again next week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Folks, if you're out there, please be safe. It is the holiday season. Let's do something. I donated blood. Not everybody can donate blood. I can, so I do um, every eight weeks. I, I rarely go past 10 weeks to donate blood because it's, it's, it's not a big That's deal for me. Awesome. Needles don't bother me. Yeah, some people, like I, my daughter's anemic. I, there's a lot of people that cannot do it physically and that sort of thing. But if you can, certainly go out there and, and, and try to do that. Be kind to your neighbor. Help others. For Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, well, hey, for Dado. I, I, I got a little good – I got a good yeah. good of the community Let, here. Let's hear something it. I saw on social media. Yeah. And it's something to remember because it's the shopping season, you know, and people are out and there's a lot going on, carrying gifts, et cetera. If you're out and about, keep an eye on your bro- – keep an eye on your – keep an eye out. Be aware yeah. of your surroundings. Because there's people out there that are evil people, and 
if you see a mother with children or a woman walking by herself and you're walking to your car, you know what? Okay. Especially, you, you know, the, the, the men of the world and, or groups of people or groups of women, if you see a woman walking by herself, keep an eye on her. Yeah. Make sure she gets into her car okay because there's some evil people out there doing some evil things. So look out for each other, especially yeah. this time of year. Look Rob, that's a great. Other. That's a great. That's a great thing. If you're if you're a man and you're by yourself and you see a woman walking by herself, maybe you don't want to say, "Hey, can I walk you to your car?" But you can certainly keep you your eye and make sure nothing that. happens. By God, yeah, exactly. Keep an eye on her. Make sure she gets in her car right because there's some evil people out there ready to do some evil things. And, and I'm glad you brought you know this I mean? up, and, Rob, because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But my daughter-in-law literally just texted the um, the family text group as soon as right before we jumped on here. Um, somebody swiped her um, uh, debit card. The bank sent her a new debit card in the mail, and somebody swiped it and activated it and tried to use it, uh, but it, it didn't work. Wow. But it literally, they, somebody swiped it out of the mailbox. Is that time of year, folks? We got the the porch bandits and everything else coming out. Um, and it's just keep your eyes open, keep it peeled. It's tis the season to be jolly, but the evil starts to creep out. Um, the evil doesn't go away just because it's, it's the holiday season. That's for sure. Um, that's Rob, as always, appreciate, um, appreciate you bringing it up. For Billy Bradley, for Rob Ropes, I'm Dado. Y'all have a good week, y'all. Thanks for listening to Off the Rails. Take a listen to Dado's new favorite song, Bougie by Mixpack. Can you just like chill for a second and stop being bougie all the dang time? Let's have some fun, all right? Let's go. Bottoms up. Drinks on me. Later on, I'm the party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie? So bougie, bougie. Why you gotta be so bougie? So bougie, bougie. Gotta chill, need to relax. Not everywhere needs a VIP pass. Keep it up, you'll have no real friends left. Designer girls aren't gonna earn your respect. Just stop, you're being too loud. Your trash talk won't make your mama proud. Snap, snap, show your picture perfect, they laugh. Back up, you ain't even in the limelight. Bottoms up, slow down, slow down. Drinks on me, Later on, at the party, my crib, but this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you so damn thirsty? Oh, he got a rolly. Now you so damn basic. Man, I ain't saying you a gold digger. But what you doing at SLS when you stay at Azusa? It's okay, not my bitch, so I'm gonna walk away. Got better shit to do than to entertain you. Said she want the Fendi swimsuit with the Fendi shoes. Then she looked at me. I said, you picked the wrong dude. I'm out. Bottoms up. Slow down, slow down. Drinks on me. Later on, at the party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be 